Welcome to the St Albans podcast, bringing you news, views and reviews for the city and district of St Albans. In association with the Hearts Advertiser. Welcome along to another edition of the St Albans podcast with me, Danny Smith. Coming up on the podcast uh, this time round, we have our very own health correspondent, Alan Bellinger, with another look at local health matters. But before that, we're going to go over to Matt Adams from the Hearts Advertiser to find out this week's local news. Let's join uh, our very own local news correspondent, Matt Adams, uh, coming to us from self-isolation uh, for uh, this edition of uh, the, the news part of the St. podcast. Hello, Matt. And, Hello. Uh, it's my last yeah, day. You, you and the Hooray. daughter are self-isolating together. Yeah, she's sitting next to me. So if you hear any weird noises, that's her. Not, not Laura. But yeah. No, no. Poor Laura, though. She's got it really bad. She's, she's really and I'm suffering. assuming she's okay with you sharing um, that with the nation. Well, the nation, <laughs> not quite. Yeah, but just wish her all the best. Hope she's uh, yeah, she's gets okay. Well yes, soon. of course. Um, but uh, yeah, but Matt, you're here with us, and uh, tell us uh, about the first uh, news story. Right. Well, um, after months of uncertainty, St Albans businesses are once again reeling in the wake of further government restrictions. So Plan B has meant um, obviously people are encouraged to work from home and not have any planned Christmas parties. But this has had a devastating effect on the hospitality industry. Um, Some places have had like 12 big parties cancelled in one day. Um, And they're saying like, please don't cancel, you know, just call us and see what we can do you know we don't mind you know putting you you know far away from people um we'll you know we um we'll do whatever we can to facilitate your needs um but um you know this is this is going to take a real toll on us um a campaign has been launched by save st albans pubs encouraging people to who's part who have cancelled their parties to buy maybe buy vouchers or um, gift cards for venues or p- products. Some places sell takeaway beer, you know, or hampers. But just do what you can to support businesses because otherwise they might not be here next Christmas. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 sad, isn't it, that we're having to t- talk about this again? But we, you know, we had this before, where you know, the, 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 these businesses the, the, and the hospitality sector, especially, are so affected by by all this. But um, what I mean, the thing is, though, some of these people might be canceling the parties because people themselves aren't coming so in that instance you know it's, yes, it's exactly. not easy yeah. for them uh, now i guess maybe they could to why not buy a buy you know buy a voucher or something like that on you know that you can re- redeem in the new year so you know the hearts ad was um team was going to go out with reporters past and present at the weekend but we you know because of it we all come come down with covid we'd cancel that but we will go out again and you know do something in January, hopefully. But um, well, I mean, I, I guess that's probably as much as anyone can hope for is that that these things might be rearranged for a time when it's easier to do it. Um, I know some mm, places. Yeah, I, I happen to know that it's, I don't know if they still do it, but Boots in the High Street used to have their Christmas party in February because they could never get it at Christmas. They could never find a time when people were available, so they made a point of having <laughs> it at cheap. a different time of year. And it's a lot well, cheaper. No, no, no. I still charge them Christmas rates. Believe you me. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but one of the other, one of the things that I didn't um, initially take into account was the how the, the beauty industry has also been hit. 
because if you're not going out for a Christmas party, you're not going to get your, you know, your face done and your hair done and all that sort of stuff. I do it for Zoom calls, Matt. So no, I'm I'm still doing it. (laughs) But others aren't, you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, some places are really quiet again. And, you know, they're, they're saying, you know, come and come, you know, do something to to, to help but also us out. like um taxi firms as well they're going to be affected aren't they oh, you know yeah, because yeah, then if people yeah. aren't going out yeah. they don't need to... it's all the knock-on effect yeah even we we spoke to charlie of charlie's right. coffee um who has a little van by the station because you know there's no com- hardly any commuters now so you know that's going to stop people picking up their morning cup of coffee and she's saying you know i hope people will still make the journey just to visit and say hi Buy, buy a coffee in the morning. What I thought, I don't know if you remember back to sort of February, March 2019, but, you know, the government at the time was saying, don't go out, don't drink, don't socialise, but they hadn't closed anything. And the hospitality sector was saying this was costing them a fortune because they couldn't claim off of insurance because these, you know, they hadn't been actually closed, but they, the, the, the rhetoric was very much don't do it. And there's a little bit of that this year that, you know, being told, you know, the mixed messaging, isn't there, about should we be going for Christmas parties or should we not? And especially when the mm. government's saying on the one hand, go for a Christmas party, but on the other hand, they're, they're saying, but don't go into work, you know, so so work from home, but but go to a Christmas party. But we didn't have one last year. Um, <coughs> and it's all, it, it's it's hard, isn't it? And it's hard on everyone. Yeah. But, I know. Okay. I know. Well, hopefully there may be people listening now. If you were going to go and support a local um, hospitality venue for, for Christmas, maybe you can think about, and maybe you can think about encouraging those who are going to attend to maybe buy a voucher or, or, or do something. Just yeah. something. Yeah. Just a little, everything, everything helps. Yeah. Or make you know? a date to sort of do it later. Learn. You know, think about like, oh, we're going to do a big thing at Easter instead in lieu of the one at Christmas. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll have more for, at the moment, Easter seems a long way away. Well, it isn't, it isn't. <laughs> you know, sort of 12 weeks or so and it'll be here um, or thereabouts. Anyway, we'll have more from Matt Adams in a moment. Let's welcome back onto the St. Albans podcast, our very own uh, health correspondent, Alan Bellinger, for more Health Matters. Hello, Alan. Hi there. And it's great to be back with all the, your podcasters and uh, looking forward to uh, another great session. Thanks, Danny. OK, so uh, where are we starting? Well, we've got three set, three um, issues that uh, we're going to talk about this month. We're going to talk about the um, possibility of a COVID pill. We're going to talk through the vaccine rollout. Obviously, it's uh, uh, very much in the news at the moment that this has all been escalated before the so get to try and get as many people as possible um, vaccinated before the year. And we'll, we'll like a quick update on the COVID numbers in St Albans and exactly what sort of impact the Omicron virus is having. So although it's upcoming to Christmas, we're going to have to go focus a little bit today on uh, the whole COVID situation. And we said last month that our COVID numbers in St Albans were some of the highest in the country. Uh, We peaked actually on October the 28th at 736 cases per 100,000. And that was very close to our absolute peak, which was in January of this year, when that was 770 cases per 100,000. So, right, um, 736 was the recent peak, 770 was the overall peak. And yesterday, the number... So, Tuesday... Yes. people may not be listening to this yes. today so, so tuesday so, yes. as of tuesday the 14th of uh, of december thanks for the correction <laughs> as of tuesday we were there in st albans we were 709 so that's 709 per hundred thousand comparing to uh, 
736 when we talked last month um, and 770. So we're, we're down on, on last month, um, but we are rising quite significantly. And we're higher than the average in Hertfordshire. And we're higher than the average in Hertfordshire. Hertfordshire average is 602. Um, so at current, our current one at 709, we're 100 cases per 100,000 higher okay. than, than the Hertfordshire average. Okay. And in fact, Bernard's Heath is the highest area in St Albans, and that has 774 cases per 100,000. Wow. But the, the significant point is that um, our numbers uh, are up from 644 last week, so the rise in the week was 65 new cases, so that's, that was over a 10% rise on the week. Um, so it shows that Omicron is, in fact, having a, an impact here. Okay. But let's put that into context. I mean, it was reported yesterday, i.e. Tuesday, um, that London is now close to its January peak, and we're still 10% off that peak. So um, there's, we're, we're, not a, we're not quite as horrendous as we were when we were talking last month. Okay. But it, it's still so depending upon how you look bad. at that, um, we're performing better or London's performing worse. But, but, but that's, that's where it is at the moment. So that's, that's it could be worse. That's where it is. Okay. What about hospitalizations? They've, they've actually come down in the last month. So in Watford, there are, as again yesterday, there are 34 people in hospital with COVID um, yesterday. Okay. Well, as of, so as of Tuesday, the 14th as of, of December, yes. 34 currently in hospital with COVID in Watford. As against 43 last month. Um, so, so Watford's much better than it was a month ago. Yeah, so, so that's dropped by nine. Yes. Um, Okay, we, but but at the list of they're, they're on thirty five, and last month they were thirty six. So uh, it's pretty flat as far as the list is concerned. Okay. Now, what do we know about um, Omicron in the area? Because, as I understand it, it's not that easy to detect. That that there are some um, places, some of the laboratories around the country can detect it, or they can they can they can see that there's an early indicator that you might have it. Yeah. And then it takes a couple of weeks to confirm it, I believe. Is that right? It's taking a while to confirm it. And not all of the testing labs can... Can actually can test for it in so the first place. But but in some instances, they can test for it. And there's something that appears on the um, PCR test that gives an indicator that that might be the Omicron variant. Yeah. Yes. Um, but do we know what what the impact is around here for Omicron? We don't. Uh, we, I don't have any firm figures for St Albans. But, but obviously with London at, at 50% at the moment... Um, there must be quite a high percentage. It's probably not as high as the, the London figure of 50%, but it's, it must be quite high. Um, and, and given that right now the Omicron variant, variant is, is doubling every two weeks, it really is that contagious, and, uh, and, and everyone needs to be watching out for that. And uh, what, what, what's the current position as well um, for um, if, if someone is... Because th- there was something announced... Um, a previous week where if, if it was the Omicron variant that was detected that you had to isolate regardless of your vaccination status am I right in thinking that's now changed those rules um, I, I wouldn't be 100% certain but I think I, the general rule is that if you need to sell if, if you have been detected say in, in by test and trace and told to isolate then a, a clear test is uh, it means that you're okay to carry on 
So the latest advice, uh, well, not advice, the, the, the latest uh, rules regarding um, uh, coronavirus in England are that fully vaccinated contacts of someone with COVID-19 should take rapid lateral flow tests every day for seven days. If you test positive or develop symptoms, you need to self-isolate for 10 days. That comes from the website gov.uk forward slash coronavirus. And that is the advice as of the 15th of December. When you're listening to this, of course, that might have possibly changed. So if you are unsure, don't take our word for it. Do check that out for yourself. And uh, we'll have more from uh, Alan Bellinger, our very own health correspondent, a bit later on this podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Aikman. Join me, local author Howard Linsky, and St Albans podcast producer Sam Rolfe for the St Albans Film Guide. Each week, one of us will guide you through the new releases at the cinema and on streaming services. We'll also give you our choice of the best films to watch on UK free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. So if you're a film lover, join us for a chat about all things movie-related every week as part of the St Albans podcast. New episodes will be released every Friday morning. For more information, visit stalbanspodcast.com or find us where any good podcasts are found. We're back with Matt Adams from the Hearts Advertiser with another local news story. Matt. Right. Well, um, all year we've been talking about the road closures in St Albans city centre, initially brought in um, after the end of the first lockdown to encourage social distancing, but then extended. Uh, this is Marketplace, George Street, High Street, part of Irland Road. Now, after a meeting on Monday um, of the, the District Council's Public Realm Committee, they voted to uh, reopen the roads immediately and have a trial later in the, um, in the, the year from uh, April because of all the issues with um, uh, Batchwood Drive being closed for water re-piping re thing, mm. whatever it is. <coughs> but the thing about it, they've, they've also been an amendment as one saying that officials should seek confirmation that emergency service response times would not be negatively impacted because um, the district command for decorum and St Albans said that, that fire engines were um, hit by uh, response uh, response time. So they have to attend an incident in 10 minutes. But with all the closure, it response times could hit 15 minutes, which is a massive yeah. issue. And also for the, um, you know, the ambulance service um, have, have gone on the record and said that they are uh, impacted. So, you know, this is a big, big U-turn, you know, the fact that they've, they've reopening it now you know especially this time and run up to christmas so you're but saying that they're going to do it immediately and they're doing it now have they done it yet uh, i haven't been down there because i haven't been out for a no week. but i don't know if you'd heard it's you know longer. with, with oh, your right. finger on the pulse and no, all i haven't no all, no what with laura being off as well is i don't I really have much contact with the outside world <laughs> so oh, I don't well, know. enjoy this week's hearts ad people tomorrow. um <laughs> <laughs> glowing endorsement there um it's all done for yeah. my kitchen. Okay, well, there you go. So you're going to have a lot of news about how, how much ketchup there still is in the cupboard. And yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'm going to be up near the town a bit later. Perhaps I'll give an update on that. But So it could be open now, for all we know. Yes, yes. I think they're certainly opening it immediately. Right. Um, from So it's going to take a while to I was going to say, haven't they got those stuff, big, like, kind of like heavy um, yeah. plant holder things that they're going to have to move? Yeah, I don't know where they're going to I've stick I've got an those. idea. But, um, yeah, so um, uh, now did I read as well that there is, there's going to be a couple of options and they're going to try these out next year? Yeah, they're, they're, that's, that's right. They're looking at some, you know, different different plans of how they, you know, how it's going to work, with, you know, whether it's going to be all week long or some bits closed. Um, 
during the week. So like the idea is that um, the plan is marketplace will be permanently closed, but uh, everything else, there would be a question of um, whether they have um, the, the high street and George street open during the week or um, just at weekends or, you know, such like, so there's a few different versions. Okay. So I gather that the initial phase is that it's all going to be open. But, but that it might be, yes. and, and this might happen, I believe, after the Batchwood Drive um, roadworks have, have completed, which I think will be Easter time. Yes. It might be that they'll trial yeah. keeping it open weekdays and weekends it will be closed again. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Good. That's bang on. Well done. Glad one of us knows what <laughs> Well, I read your article. <laughs> but, but, but I knew it was quite good because it wasn't you that wrote it. It was one of the others. <laughs> no. Um, okay. But anyway, there's more news about that in the Hearts ad. You can find out more there and you can yeah, read about indeed. these closures. And, and yes, uh, I think that so for those who, who are in any way concerned, the the initial plan is that they are it's going to be open soon, if not already. And after the Bachelor Drive roadworks are completed, which could be Easter time or thereabouts, they then might consider reclosing it at the weekends only for a while to see how that goes. Brilliant. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's Thanks. It. Uh, well done, Danny. <laughs> you need to employ me. Yeah. You're on a job. <laughs> you couldn't afford me. Anyway, we'll we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll have more from Matt Adams later in this edition of the podcast. We're back with Bellinger. Time now to look at uh, the latest on the vaccine. Uh, so what is our vaccine position locally, Alan? Well, here's the most important piece of information at all. Do not go to a walk-in centre without double-checking first. This is a, a change as of as of Tuesday, of, of Tuesday the 14th. Is that a Hertfordshire thing or is this that is a, 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 an purely Hertfordshire thing? thing. Okay, I, I'm only saying that because I do know that there are some people who listen outside of Hertfordshire, but yeah. still within England. But this, rela- this relates to Hertfordshire? Yes, okay. this was a Hertfordshire decision. It got to the point where there were so, the queues were so long for walk-ins, it was just unmanageable. So now they've stopped walk-ins um, for most centres, some are still open, um, but you can check walk-in availability. There is a an incredibly complex um, URL to be able to check that from, but that's that's on the article that accompanies this. Um, yes, this, so, this 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 webcast. And if you want to if you want to listen to the if you want to read the article that Alan's referring to, where he, he summarises everything that we discuss and he puts in these important links, then just click the link in the episode description that you can see of this podcast right now. Uh, also, you can find that link at stalmspodcast.com and it's attached to this episode. If you're listening to this, you probably know where the, where the description is, and you can see it in there. Okay, so yes, yeah, so if you want to check your walk-in availability, you can do it by clicking one of those links. Uh, um, you can do it over the phone, can't you? You can do it over the phone as well. Call one nine one one nine. That's one one nine. Um, if you don't have internet access, and uh, they can they can help you from there. And that's and that number is is throughout England. That's not just local. That's right. So okay. But but, but the thing is, if you do a, a test. It's much the best way to make an appointment because then you you know where you are and you won't have to be uh, held up in a long queue. Okay, so the the uh, the uh, last weekend, so the the weekend of the whatever that would have been, the ninth or tenth uh, of uh, no, was it the eleventh and twelfth? Eleventh and twelfth of uh, of December, uh, the prime minister made an announcement about um, appointments and pushing everyone to get their their boosters and what have you. Uh, a friend of mine tried to get a booster, uh, Alan, earlier in the week and uh, was given a d- the earliest date she could get was January. But I thought that the, the, the thing was is that everyone would be offered one before the end of the year. 
that's that's certainly what um, what the idea was. Uh, if that happens to somebody, should they just keep? Should they take the earliest one they can find and then keep going back to see if there's an uh, you know uh, to make a, a sooner one if they can make it? It depends when you're listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast close to our broadcast date, I would wait because at the moment they're putting on appointments daily. Right. Um, and but but within a few days, the that should be fully loaded up. Well, my advice to my friend, rightly or wrongly, was take the appointment that you've got, but see if you can make another one. So exactly. keep, keep checking back, and exactly. hopefully they might add more to the system. And if they do, yep. then I assume you can cancel the the later one. Yep. I mean, right now they're they're adding them to the system very quickly. Lots of pharmacies are starting to pick it up as well. Okay, and they're coming online very quickly. So, um, yeah, the, it's if you hope, if you can't get an appointment, try again in. Uh, 40 minutes time it may be different okay uh yeah and and also are more surgeries picking this up as well in, in addition most surgeries are doing their own um, their own programs and so uh the the, the way that you, it works from the surgery is wait until you've been contacted by the surgery the surgery are looking at have got a forecast of what they're going to get in and, and when and therefore are planning how they can best deliver that and, and, and prioritizing people who are in in the highest level of clinical need okay now who who is eligible for for these uh, vaccines and when can people go because some people they don't know do they it seems to change a little bit and they think well i only had my second jab five months ago so isn't that too soon because isn't it got to be six months what's the latest well it, and it's changing quite rapidly again so so, so as of recording date wednesday the 15th <laughs> of december it is as follows right so the first rule is there must be a three-month gap between your second vaccination and your booster jab. Uh, otherwise, you won't be able to make a booking. Um, and, and if you turn up, staff may not vaccinate you. So Yeah, and if you so, get it done early, your arm falls off. <laughs> I might have made that bit up. <laughs> you might have done. Yeah. Um, so for people who are 16 to 18, um, and also for pregnant women, that wait time is reduced to eight weeks. Okay. Um, and the same applies to people who are immunosuppressed. Um, it's a it's an eight week wait. Um, so, so right, so so twelve weeks for anyone else. But if you're sixteen to eighteen, or a pregnant woman, or immunosuppressed, then it's actually an eight week gap from your second vaccination to your booster. Yep, that that's that's the, those are the critical things. Okay, and and people who are eight, aged eighteen plus who have recently tested positive for COVID-19 must wait for four weeks to have passed before the, um, before having the, so four weeks after they have a positive test before they go for their vaccination. So if you've had a recent, uh, if you have had COVID recently. So if you're over 18, um, it's got to be four weeks after you tested positive as a minimum. What if you're 12 to 18? 12 to 18 must wait 12 weeks after having a positive test, um, before having another vaccination so it's it's all very complicated but those are the rules as at as at the date of our broadcast okay and uh, yeah the relevant links that you need to to be able to find out more about that information can all be found in the episode description uh, of this podcast right now also on our website stalbanspodcast.com hi i'm elspeth jackman inviting you to listen to my podcast one to one with elspeth Find a local person with a story and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is you can listen whenever you want to. 
To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for the St. Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's one-to-one with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans Podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest. One more news story now from uh, Matt Adams from the Hearts Advertiser. Matt. Right. Well, I don't know um, if you've ever seen them, but one of the um, the longest running Christmas traditions in St Albans are the, are the Mummers plays that they perform at various locations around the city centre on Boxing Day. You ever seen those? Uh, yes. You know, yeah, I, I, I had them on my radio show once talking about what they do and how it goes. It's all a bit, it, it's, it's such, it's an incredibly old Christmas tradition, isn't it? An English Christmas tradition yeah, yeah. that goes back several hundred years. Yeah, they used to. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, what, what they call it, sort of spoken word, um, narratives that sort of, um, based on legends of St. George, but also Father Christmas and stuff. And I think people you would commit them to memory and um, go around performing them in local villages and stuff. There's lots of different versions. Um, the one that, that's um, performed in St. Albans um, is modified by, um, from an earlier text by someone who lived in Croxley Green about 50 years ago, or actually 50 years before the mama started, uh, so the turn of the century, um, because it's been going locally since 1967. And last year was the first year it hasn't they haven't performed live. Mm. And so they're, they're planning to come back, COVID restrictions permitting, and uh, we'll have socially distanced um, performances at various locations um on from boxing day so if you um go to their website stalbansmummers.org.uk you can get all the timings but all the cars are taking are fully vaccinated they're all taking lateral flow tests um but it's i think you know yeah. and it, what, it's been a horrific year it's great to see something like this wrapping it up yeah so this is the thing it, as, as matt said there happens every boxing day and on on boxing day this year the 26th of uh, december you can see them 11:30 outside the museum and gallery in st peter street and then at the white hart hotel at 12:20 the west end of the st albans cathedral at 1 o'clock the fighting cocks at 1:50 and then they finish at the clock tower at 2:40 so you, um, you can go and see them at those at those times and and uh and yeah now traditionally people would would throw money into a hat for them um have they got any sort of suggestions on what we do in this kind of cashless world that we seem to live in um yes i think um they're encouraging people to actually bring some cash so they can make donations you know i'm sure you've got a few pound coins squirreled away at the back of the sofa but you know to actually make that conscious decision to yes bring cash and put it in there and then it will go the money hopefully go to local local um, charities afterwards yeah yes and it's uh yes it's always uh, like to help out good causes isn't it um and and yeah they do help out these local charities and it's such it's a great tradition and um it's 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 lovely so just to be clear as well in case you're thinking of going a couple of times it is the same play that they put on in each of those places um (laughs) yeah but uh but you know the the the, the people involved as well, some of them have been involved for a very long time and they do the same part. And they, I think they will have like mama's names. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, so they, they refer to each other by their, their name as a mama as much as by their real name, I think. There's a whole culture. I like the fact um, in the pictures that we've got there, the, the, the character of the doctor, <laughs> who's like, you know, the medic, he's wearing a, you know, Tom Baker scarf. 
Doctor Who. Oh, that's my mate John. Um, yeah, it? John Kensit. Hello, John. You won't be listening, but because you won't know what a podcast is, um, you barely know what electricity <laughs> is. But anyway, hello. And uh, yes, yes, jo- John. Oh, yeah, I can. Yes, I'm looking at these pictures now. Um, yeah, that's a very fine scale. How long has he been doing it? I would imagine for about seventy or eighty years, give or take. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's probably not that old. So, um, but no, he, he, I imagine John's been doing it for a while. People, some people might know John because he's involved with like the local acting community, as I'm sure probably the others are as well. But, uh, but yeah, um, there you go. Uh, well, I'm sure he'll be thrilled to know that you appreciated his scarf. And yeah, <laughs> I've got a scarf like that. Of course you have. I'm sure yours is better, <laughs> Matt. It's not a competition. All right. I'm sure yours is bigger <laughs> and better. Um, so the St. Albans Mummers, uh, the details, you can find them on the HeartSads uh, website as well, um, heartsad.co.uk. Uh, it's all in the article that Laura lovingly crafted. But uh but anyway, that's it for 2021 uh, for, for the news part of the podcast. Uh, you know, the news will be back in the new year. We will, we will work something out there. And um, yeah, we, we hope everyone in, in Hearts Ad land is feeling better soon. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get well soon, Laura. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, thanks, Matt. To... Been very quiet without her. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's horrible, isn't it? Um... I've got loads of work done. <laughs> Matt, thanks so much to you and thanks to Laura as well and and everyone that helps um, put this bit together. So thank you for that. And uh, yeah, we wish you a a very good Christmas and catch you the other side. Yeah, happy Christmas. We're back with Bellinger and we're talking about the pill. We're talking about the COVID pill, yes. Oh, the COVID pill. The COVID pill. Okay. (laughs) The... um... Not to be confused with the pill. Not to, whichever pill you think of when you say the pill. Um, There's only one, Alan. We all know which one I mean. Um, but, but the it depends cu- if you're is, male or female. Uh, okay, so anyway, <laughs> not, not a blue pill, not any other kind of pill. I don't know what, where Alan's mind's going right now, to be honest, and I'm worried. But we're talking about a potential new COVID pill. Yes. Tell in, us more. In, in a month ago, um, a, a, a pill was... Um, was accepted by the uh, the um, health of the medicines authority. Um, that's called mono monopiravir. Sorry, I've got to get my lips around that. Monovira monopiravir. <laughs> mon mon that's, that's about it. Monopiravir. <laughs> yeah, that's produced by Merck in the US, um, and it, it has been um, it has been approved for the UK. Um, but um, unfortunately, the, f- the first test was about fifty percent effective, and that that was pretty good. Um, so if it's given immediately, you, you're, you're detected as having COVID, and in fifty percent of those cases, it it meant that people recovered quicker and were and didn't really need a degree of hospitalisation. But a second trial only showed that it was thirty percent less effective, and they can't really explain what those differences are. The suspicion is that the first trial was didn't involve Omicron, but the second one did. Um, so although it's been approved in the UK, it certainly lost some of its its luster. Yeah. But the good news is there's a second pill, that's, and, this, and this is made by Pfizer, uh, and this is far more promising. This is called Paxlovid. I can get my tongue around that one, right. Paxlovid. Do you think that's why Paxlovid's more effective, because people can pronounce it? <laughs> is that the problem? People are, are ordering the wrong pill because they can't say uh, mo- <laughs> Molnupiravir. You did very well there. Thank you. <laughs> um, All my own teeth, you see. I'll, I'll accept your explanation, <laughs> reluctantly. Um, this, this, is a, this is a much more interesting pill. It's designed to block an enzyme that the coronavirus needs in order to multiply. 
Um, and it's also believed that it's effective about against Omicron. Um, and that in trials, that's proved 90% effective. The government's um, bought up a good stock of that. It hasn't been approved yet, but with, once the trial data has been fully reviewed, we can expect it to come early in the new year. Okay. And, th- and that, in fact, is a pill that we can take at home. Well, I mean, th- wouldn't that be good? Because uh, I'm sure people listening, if they've not experienced COVID themselves, they probably know someone who has. And, you know, even those who... who show complete recovery it's pretty rotten and nasty for a while and and to be told basically just drink water and have a paracetamol you sort of think oh man you know whereas if you actually think you're taking a drug that's even if it's only 50 percent effective or less that's got to be good for you you know to make you think well this this could make me better yeah so the, so that's good news really i mean it's uh it's, it's not stopping the spread but it is it is lessening the impact of the that coronavirus is well if it can reduce if it can reduce the severity of the symptoms when you've got it you know if this can actually help so, so you know the vaccine's all about prevention but this is sort of a cure isn't it that's and, exactly and, and uh yeah so so it's good news really it's good news so uh on, on on that good news note let's just say to everyone i hope you have a really great christmas and my very best wishes for a happy and indeed a very healthy new year and the listener she says back a merry christmas to you as well alan. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right thank you very much alan will be back in the new year with uh, more health matters that brings another edition of the Cinnamons podcast to a close thank you very much for your company thanks also to our very own health correspondent Alan Bellinger also thanks to Matt Adams from the Hearts Advertiser and that's it now for the main podcast until the new year but uh, coming up on Friday we've got the Cinnamons film guide with Tim Stafford Uh, Sunday we've got the Dagenham Street Baptist Church virtual service with Simon Carver and then Monday one to one with Elspeth Jackman those shows will be continuing throughout the festive period Uh, and also the film guide will be back next week with a festive special featuring all of the film guide hosts but we'll be back uh, with the wednesday podcast in the new year in the meantime have a great christmas and uh, stay safe take care thanks for listening to this edition of the saint albans podcast with danny smith if you've enjoyed this podcast please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts or a podcast platform of your choice this will help us reach more listeners Join us, the St. Albans Podcast, next Wednesday for more news, views and reviews. In the meantime, commit no nuisance. Produced by Samantha Rolfe. Logo and artwork by David Ellis. This is an independent production in association with the Hearts Advertiser. If you would like to become a community partner or a sponsor of the podcast, please visit stalbanspodcast.com for more details.